Today we have with us Elise Kostik, a tennis influencer and also amateur player for the Russian-speaking part of the world. And uh, we are going to talk about, uh, first of all, my main topic of interest, which is Yannick Sinner and uh, the way he's perceived in, uh, in the Russian-speaking part of the world. And uh, then let's, we'll switch to Russian players. Uh, uh, well, as everybody knows, Russia is a tennis powerhouse nowadays. And uh, so we are going to investigate a little bit um, in that direction. So hi, Alice, and welcome to uh, the Yannick Sinner Show podcast. Ciao a tutti. And oh. then I'll... In I switch into English because io parlo italiano bocca a bocca. Uh, I hope I said it correctly. Hello, everyone, and Leo, thank you for having me for this episode. Thank you very much for being with us. Um, so, yes, first question uh, right from the start. What do you think about uh, Yannick Sinner and um, how do you rate it, uh, let's say, in, in what category do you, do you place it? Do you think it's closer to uh, Carlos Alcaraz? Uh, in the sense of being one of the possible uh, top top players for the upcoming decade, or is it more like a top player who will be close to the top but not at the very top? Well, I have very optimistic point of view about uh, Yannick's future, and he is already a bright and big star in ATP Tour. So I think that he will definitely win one slam or maybe more. Uh, you know, I don't like lots of pressure after the end of this season. And everybody starts uh, talking that he will definitely win the major title this year. He will do, he should do it. And lots of pressure. I'm not sure that he will do it this year, but I'd like to. But anyway, uh, he's too young and he has lots of years Uh, to look for and lots of abilities abilities and very strong team so i think that he'll manage it and he is already a top player um i'm not sure that i can measure his success according to carlos alcaraz maybe according to big three or something who achieved even more because you understand that carlos is at the same age and they are quite the same um, i mean conditions and Uh, the same years to make some noise in ATP Tour. They are both uh, serious uh, players for the next, maybe even more than 10 years, definitely for 15. Oh, okay, so this is your own uh, opinion, if I understand correctly, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And what uh, about uh, his uh, general uh, perception in, in the Russian world? I mean, how mm -hmm. is he is he because in italy of course we never had well we had uh, adriano panatta in the 70s who achieved uh, more or less the things that uh, yannick achieved a bit more because he won uh, roland garros once and also in rome and uh, but more or less they are on the same uh, level so far so if if yannick wins uh, one slam we can definitely say that he uh, he will be the best uh, tennis player male tennis player italy has ever had so of course it's uh, understandable that there's a lot of uh, excitement about him but what i'm wondering is uh, how this excitement translates uh, outside mm -hmm. of italy 
I got you. Yes, in general, people uh, in Russia really love Yannick, and they um, they supported him a lot during Davis Cup and also in Turina, everywhere. Uh, you know, uh, Russian players the most uh, they are too expressive, and I mean Medvedev that he can shout sometimes, and you know what Rublev can do on the court, and Yannick is so confident, he is very calm, and he is like from another planet. Um, <laughs> for someone, he resembles Roger Federer, and people maybe try to catch this science, and because of it, they, they love him so much, and of course, people love to compare Yannick with Rublev, I mean, because of his appearance, like mm -hmm. there is one uh, a red sun in Italy, we have the same one uh, here, and people adore him so much, and especially he has a really huge fan base of girls who find him very handsome, and I think that these girls have quite a good taste. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you if you saw it ever. There was uh, two or three years ago, I think, an English newspaper who had. Uh, a picture of uh, Rublev in an in an article where they wanted to speak about Sinner, and so there was the this picture of uh, Andrei Rublev and uh, with the the title Yannick Sinner this year will be I don't know so at Wimbledon or something like that. So yeah, they, they... I haven't seen this exact picture, but I saw a lot of uh, college. You know when people compare them, and uh, especially Medvedev likes to joke uh, with Andrei and to call him Yannick in the, in the locker room or somewhere else. And Andrei uh, shared this info a few times in his interviews. Do the Carota boys play a little bit of uh, a part in, in this popularity he, he has? Or, I mean, what's your attitude about them? I love what Carota boys do because, first of all, it's a really cool way to uh, grow your own fan base and using all the popular instruments which we have nowadays, I mean Instagram, TikTok and all these trends and they do a really huge job I'm not awarded, do they have a team who write scripts for them and uh, give money for all their travels and support but what they do, the final uh, the result what we see is really cool and especially uh, in my telegram channel i public quite every video from carota boys and i have my photos with them and people act on it so well they uh, they laugh they wait in new plot in new video new scenario and uh, you know like carota boys is yannick and yannick is carota boys it's a really nice combination and especially i love that they started making their t-shirts, shoes, uh, and etc. to make more people with them. That's really great commercial and uh, in case. You know, I think in Italy I have uh, this perception that there is a little bit of, I don't know what word to use, I would say rivalry, even though it's not a correct word. I mean, rivalry, it's too strong of a word. But mm -hmm. I mean, there, there is a little bit of contrast let's say so between carota boys and some hardcore fans of uh, yannick who think that yannick is theirs no so in a, in a sense carota boys came later actually mm -hmm. so when when yannick was uh, starting there was no carota boys around and um, they they have this this view that they they do it also for 
but there's nothing wrong in that. But I mean, they do it also for their own personal benefit. As I, as you mentioned, they they sell uh, shoes, um, t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I see uh, something from non non-Italian journalists, I think they love the Carota Boys more than they are loved in Italy, or at least from some. Uh, Italian uh, fans. So you see the impact of their actions. Uh, the fan base grows, and not only in Italy, all over the world. And thanks for them, uh, more people get to know about Yannick. And I think they, it means that they do their job quite well. Uh, mm-hmm. Why not? And uh, maybe someone can say that they making yeah, hype or something like this. But as I've mentioned, uh, they use all modern instruments to promote yeah. themselves, to promote Yannick, uh, videos, uh, some fun, these costumes. Why not? And because, you know, uh, there are some people, some fans, uh, I mean, not only from Yannick, from the whole tennis world, who say that Tennis needs something new, new breeze, uh, and uh, to be more attractive to people who are not involved to catch their attention. And that's what they do. They attract more people who, first of all, see boys in carrots suits on the court. They start Google it. They get no more. Uh, they get more information about Yannick, about other players. And here we are. We have one more new fan in tennis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think it in your it's an interesting point of view i i agree with what you just said yeah you know it's also like in in music sometimes uh, i saw it happen uh, several uh, times when you um, discover a band let's say so and uh, you are one of the first fans and the band is not very popular but you already go Mm -hmm. to the show and so on and then they become a huge success and you are kind of a jealous no that uh, Ah, they were only mine, and now I have to share them with uh, with the rest of the world. I think there is a little bit of this um, phenomenon. Yes, and I think that I understand their feelings because, for example, uh, I am following tennis since twenty oh five, and when uh, I'm talking, for example, about young Rafa and how he was, and people who who love Rafa and follow him, for example, from twenty eighteen. And they're like, we love him too. And I'm like, but I love him for 10 years more than you. <laughs> so I understand these feelings. But anyway, everyone of us uh, grows his popularity. I mean, Yannick, Rafa's, Holgers, doesn't matter whom. And if your player, whom you love longer than anyone else, becomes popular, it's logical that more and more people will know about him and will support him. And some of them will make fun bases. Why not? Yeah, fully agree. Okay, uh, one last question about Yannick still gauging his popularity. Let's say let let's take the the Russian players apart. Uh, how would you describe his popularity in in Russia at the moment? Uh, I mean, is he the most popular or one of the most popular players outside of the Russian players, or uh, is he like I don't know? You mentioned uh, Olger Rune. Is he like him or something like that or less? Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, Yannick is one of the top, uh, close to Alcaraz, and also I think that people in Russia they love. Uh, Tsitsipas, Zverev, just because they also speak Russian and they have Russian roots, and you know, it's um, another kind of logic. And all these top players, they are in uh, 
in the same level of love from uh, Russian audience. And about Yannick, everyone expects uh, great results from him, and especially starting from Australia, that he can win Djokovic in final one more time, and mm. people wait for it. So yes. everybody uh, already knows what Alcaraz can do on the court, and that he already has beaten Djokovic in Wimbledon final. And now everybody waits the same from Yannick. And, you know, for example, when all Russian players they already lost, people start support Yannick even more. Like, uh, for example, the last four and no one is Russian, uh, they cheer for Yannick. Interesting to know. I think we are finished with the, the Yannick part of our uh, chat. And this, it's very easy to transition into the second part where I wanted to talk with you about Russian players. Mm-hmm. I have to say that what you just said goes uh, for uh, Rublev. By mm-hmm. the way, how actually say uh, his surname? Because I saw it, I, I heard it uh, pronounced in several ways, uh, different. How do you say his surname in Russia correctly? Rublev. 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 So, as I was saying, uh, when um, there are no more Italians in the, in the bracket and Rublev is still there, most of the the people is rooting for him. I think he, outside of Italian players, he is the most popular player in Italy at the moment. I think um, uh, in general, Russia and Italy has a special connection and since 80s, 90s. And uh, like we have um, love to each other, I mean, in countries. And that is why you see that here we love Yannick you love uh, Andre and others, so it's uh, about something more. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I mean, he's it's especially about him because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Medvedev also is popular, and uh, Kachanov and uh, Karatsev, Safulin, uh, Shevchenko, and all those other players. Mm-hmm. But Rublev is much more popular than all of them. I mean, really. Well, I, I don't have the measures. It's just my impression from talking with people mm-hmm. or writing or reading what they say uh, in newspapers and so on. But it, it is actually my, my strong feeling that uh, he is the most popular player of all. And some people even root for him. Uh, let's say maybe they have one or two Italian uh, favorite players and then Rublev. So he is more loved even than other Italian players. And I think this is due to his uh, personality and um, the way... Yes, he has a great personality and also he's very humble. Uh, I used to make some interviews with him and uh, somehow I know him in personal and last time I saw him at the restaurant uh, in Biaxi when he lost to Djokovic and he really takes all his losses and winnings by heart. He is so involved in tennis and a big fan of, uh, of the game. And I think that people feel it. In Russia, we love him so much also. But also, from one game to another game, we get a little bit nervous because uh, of his uh, self-harm, you know. And he says that he works with a psychologist uh, and he tries to control himself, but not every time he can manage it. And we love Andre so much, and that is why we get nervous about his mental conditions so much. And everyone wishes him to 
win quotas in uh, Grand Slams to make his yeah. first semi-finals and maybe also one day to grab a title. Uh, people really have strong belief to his uh, achievements and future. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I share this this hope, and I think, especially in the first part of the this year that it's about to end, he seemed to be uh, more in control of himself. Uh, also, I say this just by looking at how he behaves on court, but but also in uh, in the interviews. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he was the, describing what he was feeling during the the Monte Carlo final, I think until last year he would have lost that final. Uh, he would have just not lost, but like thrown it away. You know, mm-hmm. so, uh, yes. At some point he would have just uh, give up, and uh, he he d- doesn't do that anymore, or at least he didn't do it in the first part of the year. Then. In the last part, maybe he was tired. Also, I don't know. He plays too much, in my opinion. But anyway, everybody does what he thinks is best for them, of course. But uh, he he lost some control again. I'm thinking about uh, Shanghai, for instance, and uh, even the, in the UTS exhibition. But hopefully, mm-hmm. yes, uh, he, he can regain his composure you know, and this year uh, I watched some of his matches. Uh, I was in Monte Carlo for his final and for his previous Monte Carlo matches also, but the final was the most important one. And I was so afraid that he will get broken mentally and he couldn't make a comeback. Uh, but he could do it. And I thought that now he goes to another level. Then mm-hmm. the middle part of season was uh, plus minus. Uh, good matches and some not uh, good ones, but I was really impressed in Bercy when he played against Djokovic. I also yeah. was at that match and I uh, was close to his blocks, so I uh, heard what he says to his team and what they say. And he had a really strong belief uh, that he can win and it's really important for tennis player. And what impressed me the most that he was not like a stronger hitter because his forehand is unbelievable, unbelievable speed. It was a clever and confident game, and he was. And I thought that today he can do it. Today he was at another level of his game. Okay, he lost. He couldn't manage it exact day, but I thought that it's the key for his next victories. But then happened Turina, and we know what happened in Turina. I know that he was. Um, uh, sick, he was uh, not in his best conditions, but it was really upset that he couldn't win a match there. But fingers crossed for his next year, and now during exhibition matches, except UTS, I mean Dubai World Tennis League, he was in quite a uh, good mood, and maybe it's the key for his good start of the season. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, speaking about uh, Bercy, I would like to add that I was really impressed as well. It also needs to be mentioned that the, the night before uh, he finished the match like at 1 p.m. or something like that. And as all he always do, he, he stayed signing autographs until <laughs> there was no, nobody else uh, in, the, in the stadium. So I was expecting after that he would be crushed by, by Djokovic in that match. And uh, no, he, he really 
he he managed to to push him until the the very limits so it was one of his best matches this year yes you um, know in russia we joke that andrei sometimes just needs to have a rest i think everybody understands it not only mm -hmm. we here uh, uh to skip uh, a tournament to have a one week free and but andrei his opinion he says that i am enough with three days of rest then I am getting bored and I need to hit the ball, I need to practice, I need to take part in tournaments. So it's his rhythm uh, and if his body allows him to do it, so why, why not? Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. And what about uh, Medvedev? What can we say about him? Yes, people love him so much also because Daniel, he is a very clever and smart person. Uh, you know, sometimes it's not easy to translate in a correct way all his thoughts into English. In Russian, it sounds more exactly. I think you understand these um, difficulties with translation from your native language to uh, English or in another. So in Russian, he, say, he sounds even more interesting than in English and people appreciate it also. I was at the academy where he started playing and uh, there are his records, a lot of his photos and people value and treasure it. And every time when he comes to Moscow, he goes to the academy because his coaches, they, well, some first coaches, I mean, they still walk there and they are really proud of him. Like, I think like quite like everyone. Of course, there are some people who say that the same what about Andre, that they are too expressive, sometimes impolite and etc. But we are all human beings and it's really hard to be calm during your match when all the cameras and all the attention is focused just on you. So I don't see criminal in, his, in some of his actions. Sometimes it's too much, but I don't judge him. I, in general, I don't judge anyone. Yeah, well, that, the last uh, sentence, I fully subscribe to it. And uh, um, I remember with my co-host um, of uh, our podcast, Miki, some, some months ago, in occasion of one of his uh, outbursts, I don't remember exactly what was the specific occasion, but anyway, probably it was Indian Wells. We also like him very much. I mean, me and Miki, but also, as I mentioned, uh, many Italian uh, tennis fans uh, like him, although not as much as Rublev. I think it's a little bit less, but still, it's quite popular. And I was wondering why we like uh, his outbursts compared to other players who sometimes say also uh well you, you know medvedev sometimes uh i don't know in Bercy, for instance showed his middle finger to to the crowd mm -hmm. sometimes he's very how to say con confrontative i don't know if that's mm -hmm. the word mm -hmm. yeah you understood me and yes, uh, why do we still like him compared to other players who are as confrontative as he is and when they do similar things we don't like it so uh, what, what's so special about uh, medvedev and well we don't know we, we asked ourselves without knowing the answer but uh, i think it has to do with uh, his uh, he, he seems to be a very intelligent person yes yes and uh, it is not only confrontative he always brings something to the conversation no? so he 
he also maybe explains why he did certain things he sometimes he says just i'm sorry it was in the heat of the moment and but it's it's um, yeah it's interesting to hear him talk even when he's uh, talking bad let's say so so he he finds a way to be funny and uh, as you and you know i visited some of his press conferences and mm -hmm. it's really he makes really a great job because he gives always a full answer even yeah. to some uh, short and maybe not stupid but typical questions when he gets from one press conference to another and sometimes uh, other players they don't have what to say just like i'm okay i'm fine thank you i have no expectation, expectations and blah 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 and he always gives uh, his thoughts and even more than he was asked for and it's really cool. And also now uh, one thought came up to my mind why people like him. Because he is not only a tennis player, he has uh, a really great personality out of the court and especially his family. And people adore his wife Dasha and their daughter Alisa. They share pictures together. And when Daniel plays, uh, people like to say, uh, Daddy won one more title for his daughter and something like this. That's very cute. And uh, their relationships, I saw in personal how they communicate all together. And so that's really sweet and cute. Um, you know, uh, as for me, I mean, I can't uh, mark tennis personal, uh, tennis style of game and personality. For me, uh, one, a, a player is a combination of on the court mm -hmm. and off the court and especially of Daniel sometimes I don't like what he does what he does on court but then I see him pictures I know his attitude I know his education and everything and in general it's 10 points out of 10. <laughs> yeah yeah and also as you said in uh, well a few minutes ago when he's when he says these intelligent things or funny things he says them in, not in his own language. It's really hard to be funny not in your language. Humor, it's very, very difficult to translate to another language. So the fact that he still manages to be entertaining when he speaks uh, in a language that is not uh, his first language is even more impressive, I think. So. Yes, I agree with you here, and I have one small story. Uh, last year in Astana, in Kazakhstan, uh, we talked with Yudes Alnikova, Stefan Stitsipas mother, uh, about mm -hmm. why in Kazakhstan, where everyone speaks Russian, he doesn't give uh, interviews on the court in Russian because he speaks Russian fluently, and he's mm -hmm. good at it. And she says, you know, he's afraid to make a mistake and uh, he's a, uh, he likes to be perfect in every sphere what he does and she says but i am telling him uh Stephanos, you can even make jokes in russian and it means that it's the highest level of your understanding language so if you can joke that it yeah. means that you can say quite everything don't be afraid of doing it Okay, huh? interesting. I remember about uh, Tsitsipas in Russian that that moment in uh, in Rome when he played against Medvedev. I don't know if you remember it or mm -hmm. you saw it. Yes, yes. Uh, when at some point uh, 
his mother was telling him things to do in Russian, and he told her, don't speak in Russia today. <laughs> because of Yes, course, I know. It was because Medvedev will understand it. All her, all her tips. And, you know, uh, we are in good relationships with the whole Tsitsipas family. And we always speak Russian and everybody. And even Apostolos, for the, all these years, he understands Russian. Not so fluent. And he prefers speaking English. But they all understand. And it's uh, it's not a secret, I guess. Uh, what about the, their relationship? I mean, Tsitsipas and Medvedev? Because... From here, from outside, it seems like a quite harsh relationship. Or would you rate it the same way, or uh, what do you think? I mean, I remember, for instance, when uh, when Tsitsipas said in Turin, mm, not this year but last year, when he was speaking about Rublev after he lost against him, he said, "Yeah, I'm surprised because he have very few tools," and then. A few months later, Medvedev in Dubai, I think it was, when he beat uh, Rublev in the final, he took advantage of the, um, the speech after, during the, the presentation of the trophy to, to, to make a dig at uh, Tsitsipas uh, about the, mm -hmm. the few tools things and so on. And also when he, he beat him in Rome, he made the awkward little dance. And so it seems a little bit of... Uh, spice it's spicy their relationship do you do you agree or uh you know i think that i can share some uh details which we discuss in private talks you know not to say more but what can i say there is no conflict between them it's it's conflict between fan bases because he said something and he didn't even put that exact exact thoughts to it it was just uh, his first thoughts after the hard match, that's all, uh, when especially he was disappointed. Then he apologized uh, uh, to Andre. Daniil is always tricky and he likes spicy things. That is why in a few months he decided to joke like this. Uh, nobody takes it too personal. But fans who are, for example, Medi family, Tsitsi family, everyone, they start fighting between each other. It's not about players, it's about their supporters. Okay, and um, let's speak about a little bit about also the, the, the lesser-known uh, players. Um, for instance, uh, I think, uh, again, from um, yeah, for, it's my only perception, but I, I, I think that both uh, um, Safiulin and Karatsev are quite uh, liked uh, in Italy because they are exceptional players uh, also uh, especially when they are on the on a good day and uh, also they are the opposite of a, of a star attitude you no know? they play with uh, a white t-shirt uh, they they are very they seem to be very humble uh, mm -hmm. they don't talk too much and so i think this is generally appreciated tell us a little bit more about them Aslan, uh, he has already sponsors, I mean, about his equipment. So yeah. not only just white T-shirts and he has earned uh, not enough, but quite a good amount of money for his Australian uh, Open semi-final against Djokovic. So he he's, uh, he's humble, but he has everything good, I think, in general. Uh, about Roman, yes, he doesn't have... A, sponsors not uh, or maybe not too much and especially not about his uh, clothes uh, but 
he is uh, he's really a nice person and he is not i think he is not addicted to a big amount of popularity but he also makes good interviews more in his native language and he keeps um, always with his team his wife travels with him a lot uh, also but um, i think that's about the level of popularity when you are not addicted about it too much, you don't share a lot of, in your private pages in Instagram and in Twitter and somewhere else. That is why you keep your life uh, closed, something like this. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how would you rate their um, tennis perspective for the, the next year? Um, do you think, I mean, Safulin had the very very good uh, second part of the year uh, where he finally became known for instance i remember when uh, uh, when in wimbledon sinner had to face him in the quarterfinals and quite a lot of people who didn't know who safuling was they were using this as a way to say that yes sinner has made it to the semifinals but it had a very mm -hmm easy path to the semifinals because it beat uh, nobody's uh, such as Safiulin. Uh, but then I think Safiulin showed uh, what he's capable of. And uh, what do you think? Did, did, do you think he reached his uh, uh, maximum potential or do you see, do you still see an upside for, for his game? Don't forget that in Paris, uh, Paris Rolex Masters, he, beaten, uh, he has beaten Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, so it was really a huge achievement for him. I was there and he was so impressed and inspired. But next round, he lost to Karen Khachanov. Uh, but honestly, I thought that he will win and also Karen because if you beat Carlos, so you are so encouraged that you can beat everyone. But I think that he didn't have enough resources after such a strong match. Mm. Uh, as for Aman, I think the most important for him not to get injured. He has lots of injuries at the beginning of his career, but he decided to manage all this and to continue his career. And it's really, um, I'm proud of him because sometimes players, they, it's really hard to come back after injuries, but he could do it. Uh, so, of course, honestly, I don't believe that he will win a Grand Slam or something like this. There are only four Grand, grand Slams during a year and uh, yeah. not it's a small amount of people who can win it. But I'd like to see him during the second weeks of the Grand Slams to see him uh, more in Masters in uh, 500 tournaments. And I really believe that he can do it because when I watched him playing Alcaraz, I didn't feel that he is uh, too far away from Carlos in ranking, I mean. He has everything to make uh, possible, quite everything. And what about uh, younger players? Is there any new name that we still don't know that uh, you, you already, it's already on your radar and uh, maybe in the, in the next year will, will become a more uh, popular name? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, of course, it's not a surprise about Alina Karneva. Uh, who, yeah, won, uh, Wimbled, uh, who won Australian Open, Roland Garros uh, in juniors, and then she has her debut in Hong Kong, if I'm not mistaken, and mm -hmm. everybody looks forward what she can do next. Uh, and I, now I know that she made her pre-season in Rafa Nadal Academy, 
and I think that it's a good investment to 2024. And in Australian Open finals, she played against Mira Andreeva, and people yeah. love to compare them because Alina. Uh, being at the same age, she preferred, or one year younger, uh, she preferred to play ITF uh, uh, and uh, more in uh, young uh, with the youngsters. And Mira decided to play more WTA and even take part in exhibitions. And she also successful there. So it's really interesting to see who of them will make uh, more success. But on the other hand, we can't uh, judge them by this season, next season, or even uh, the season after 2024, because they're still 16, 15, yeah. and they have lots of seasons ahead. And I really liked the phrase which Mira said at Roland Garros, like, uh, if I lose tomorrow, it's not the problem, because I think that I have uh, 17 or 20 more Roland Garros in my career. <laughs> yeah. That, that's true. She, uh, I heard a, a few interviews uh, with uh, with Mira, and uh, she seems quite uh, mature for uh, her age. I mean, she she says um, interesting uh, things. It's it's like a like a med, med, Medvedeva in, in a way. So mm-hmm. she, she she gives uh, interesting um, takes on, on stuff, and uh, she's showing strong personality. I would say. What about uh, boys? Is there any uh, young Russian who is on the way of uh, going up that we still don't know about it? Maybe Diomin or yes, Diomin, who is the first in ITF uh, juniors, uh, and also he is a part of Rafael Nadal Tennis Academy. Um, but you know, being the first uh, young place, it's not uh, the only key to have a success in uh, among adults. So fingers crossed for him and for all other players. And uh, for now, when there are lots of players uh, in ATP and WTA, and Russia has a great part uh, of top ranking uh, in the world, uh, fans are not afraid, but everybody think. What's next? Because in 10 years, uh, Medvedev won't play, or okay, okay, Mira will play, but it will be less players. And who will come and play after them? It's a big question. But for now, everything is quite well. I think Russia, both in uh, male, but especially in the female uh, tennis, is one of the, the powerhouses of the tennis in the world. I mean... Uh, I just made yesterday a calculation. Let's see if I can find it back. If I consider the top 1,000, there are 74 uh, Russian uh, girls and Mm -hmm. 28 boys. So um, much more uh, in the WTA. But anyway, only the United States of America has more uh, women in the top uh, 1,000 than, than Russia. Is there any secret for, for this? I mean, from watching these numbers, I would say that tennis in Russia is a really big thing. Is that so? I mean, when, when, a, when a young girl or boy decides what sport uh, they, she or he will do, is tennis one of the first choices they have? I mean, what's Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, no. And... Uh... Tennis is very popular, of course, inside tennis community. And for example, every amateur player wants to have a children one day. 
and make him children or her children to the tennis and something like this. But uh, among the whole population, if you go to the street, not everyone, of course, knows uh, Rublev, Medvedev, Kaskina, or someone else. But of course, everybody are awarded about hockey. Uh, I think the most popular sport is uh, figure skating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, of course, uh, rhythm gymnastics, uh, football, hockey. I think even basketball is more popular than tennis. It's popular, as I mentioned, about uh, some exact people, not in general. And especially one more thing that is interesting that Russia has a lot of players because climate is not suitable. And if you understand that your children, uh, your child, gonna be a professional player, you need lots of money to send him her to the academy in Spain, in Italy, in France, somewhere else, where he can, uh, she or he can practice outside the course with climate and to travel more in Europe. Because in Russia, you know, it rains, it snows, and it's not plus 20 or 25 around the year. So one day you need to move abroad and you need a lot of money for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Still, though, it's uh, even though it's not that popular, it produces a lot of uh, good players and also with different styles. So you introduced uh, the the girls. Let's let's talk about them. Um, let's start from again the the most uh, successful. So Kazatkina. Kazatkina. Mm-hmm. Kazatkina. Ah, okay. Kudermetova or Kud- Kudermetova again. Kudermetova. 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 Eh, Alexandrova. Alexandrova. Yes. Alexandra. Uh, uh, bo- both. I think both options are correct. Okay. And Samsonova, which is a special case because she's uh, mm-hmm. she was not born but uh, raised in Italy since she was very very young so for also, a moment... Pavlich- also Pavlichenko she Pavlichenko. was injured for the yeah. last season but she made uh, Rangaras finals and she has won more than 10 WTA tournaments yeah yeah and also well since we mentioned them all also Potapova is uh, mm-hmm. is quite ascending and uh, Kalinskaya also is mm-hmm. uh, Schneider again another special uh, case. Blinkova, Blinkova, Avanesian, yes, lots of girls. Yes, yes. So tell me a little bit about uh, them. Whom exactly? <laughs> because we mentioned <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> a big list. Too many, too many. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I would skip Kazatkina because she's the mm, also thanks to her vlog, which is I, I just I. I love it. I'm a huge fan of the of the vlog. I I, I don't skip uh, any any episode. episodes. So mm-hmm. she, she's uh, very popular, and uh, I think it's she's the as a person she's the most uh, well known of these uh, these players. So I I heard your uh, interview in the po- in the recent podcast. She was very funny, and again also she is quite uh, a person that. Uh, thinks about stuff i don't know how to say this but uh, yes i'd like to mention about dasha because we're in really good relationships Uh, i mean not uh, not only about tennis in general uh, like friends and uh, as you see her personality and if you think that she is kind and maybe she is the same of the court in her uh, life of the court 
she is definitely so. She is very warm-hearted, uh, very sensitive, clever, and it, you know it's like a privilege to be uh, close to her. Yeah, it's it's good to have this confirmation. I one thing uh, I missed from the vlog last year: she never won a tournament. So uh, I I really was looking forward to to a vlog episode where she is the winner of the tournament, and we get to see what happens. Uh, after you won a tournament and we never got to see it so hopefully this year uh, i hope know? so and i think it's about not only dash about every player when uh, you give one season for example with two or three titles and again and again next season lots of pressure would she protect her ranking would she protect her title here but uh, it's always a roller coaster because of your mental conditions your injuries and lots of other factors and uh, one year you win three tournaments next year you are without big uh, titles but you have good winners in general during the season and the most important that you are not injured and in good mental health so Fingers crossed for next year, this one was like this. It's life. I think if I'm not wrong, she didn't ask you what your favorite cocktail is. So now you have this opportunity. Tell us. <laughs> uh, same martini porn star. I, I love it so much, but only when it's correctly prepared. And of course, Aperol Spritz, especially in Italy. I know some good spots. <laughs> and um, what about uh, the others? Who who would you who do you see having a more successful start of the 2024 uh, among the, the Russian players? You know, it's hard to say about uh, the start or about the middle of the season, but I think uh, about Patapova because now she has. Um, really good events in her life, I mean, her marriage, and of course your off-court life affects what you show on court, and she is a good hitter, good, she plays good from her baseline, also her game is very clever, and um, I think she now she is really motivated to do her best, so I'm looking forward to what she will show us at the beginning, uh, during the clay season, and during the whole season. Um, also, Kudermetova, she is also in top 20 uh, right now. She's a big fan of tennis and she gives uh, um, gives her all on the court and, um, and also good physical conditions. So I think that she worked hard during her pre-season and will be successful in Australia. But... Um, Talking about uh, success of Russian players, let's don't forget about all big comebacks to the tour. I mean, mm -hmm. and Naomi Osaka and Kerber and Raducanu and Anissima, I think who will be uh, a serious threat to everyone. And let's see how girls will manage playing with them. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting side of the... I think it's one of the most interesting, if not the most interesting uh, story of uh, uh, the start of the season. Uh, I, I'm looking, I'm especially looking forward to Kerber because uh, I really like, uh, well, the way she played. Some of her matches uh, are, well, incredibly 
uh, long, but also exhausting mm -hmm. to watch, but <laughs> I can imagine to play. And uh, well, uh, I'm curious to see how, how she comes back, but for all, all the, the ones that you mentioned, yes. And what speaking about comebacks, Pavlyuchenkova came back last year from her injury. Is she mm -hmm. fine? What's, uh, what's the situation with, with her? Uh, I saw some videos uh, of her pre-season. It was in Muratoglu Academy uh, in France, and uh, she looks strong. Yes, um, no, uh, no problems with movement and something like this. So let's see what she can do, because when he her peak, and especially like I think every player, she is a big threat, and it doesn't matter who is on the another side of the court. I would say one last question is uh, uh, about uh, Andreva, but not Mira, but her sister. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you know uh, her? I, I, I'm wondering, uh, what I'm curious about is that the psychology of being the older sister, although she's very young herself as well, but still uh, older than, than Mira, and having your little sister that uh, uh, becomes so successful and so popular so fast i mean does this affect you do you think uh, or or not i mean mm -hmm. what's your take on this if i were in her shoes it would affect me uh, but uh, i don't know what she feels uh, this september or even at the end of the august i talked to mira uh, about her everyday life and how do they live with erica and she said that we live like a usual, typical family. We love to spend uh, lots of time with Erica after training, practicing, just to sit in one room and laughing about something. Like there is no tension between them. I think it's also again about us, about fans who tries to think how I would behave myself if I have more successful and younger sister, or if I was younger, how I would react that my sister hasn't won a big title yet but as you mentioned they are both uh, both young and every player has a different way and his own and like players uh, for example alcaras who won his first major title being a teenager and karatsov who made the most successful season being 27 and you never mm -hmm. know like you and me, we have our personal road in tennis journalism. So, so let's see. But in between them, no tension. Okay. So thank you very much for being with us. And uh, maybe, I don't know, if uh, we could speak again in the future, it would be interesting because as uh, well, we were discussing now, there is so many players uh, that we only briefly touched. A few of them, we didn't even mention the name of... Uh, Khachanov, for instance, who mm -hmm. is, uh, is an important uh, player. And, um, well, yeah, thank you very much for being with us and uh, good luck uh, to your journalistic path in 2024. Grazie mille and thank you for having me this episode and uh, my congratulations to all the listeners with uh, New Year holidays. Hope you will spend your time well with your families and friends and hope to see you and listen to you one more time again in 2024. Bye-bye.